Yo, minasang. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Manga Sensei Podcast Sunday edition, where I take 10 minutes and talk about a specific topic on Japanese language and culture. Today, I'm going to talk about dispelling some of the myths around studying Japanese, some of the good myths, some of the bad myths, and trying to make it very easy to understand why and why you should not possibly study Japanese as your university degree. All the time when I'm、um, on campus or when I'm doing my job or when I tell people that I speak Japanese or that I teach Japanese on my daily podcast, is a lot of people ask me about studying Japanese at university. And they have a lot of misconceptions that I really wanted to address today. That's why I separated out a special episode just to talk about. Why you do or do not want to study Japanese at university. And I'm going to focus more on some of the do nots, more on the negative side of things.、Um, but that being said, I first want to iterate with that I love Japanese. I love Japanese. I love Japanese food. I love Japanese people. I work speaking Japanese at a、uh, private Japanese patent translation company outside of Manga Sensei, speaking Japanese for about nine hours every day. I have done translation, I have done interpretation, I have done you name it. I've probably at least dipped my finger into Japanese, in the Japanese, in that field. That being said, when I talk to people that I speak Japanese, they often have these strange misconceptions that really kind of skew their view of how Japanese is. The first one being、um, that if you study Japanese at university, you are either going to translate. Or you are going to teach. Now, both of those are noble professions.、Um, translation, specifically written translation, is extremely difficult.、Um, I applaud anyone who does it,、um, but it is a very, very difficult lifestyle.、Um, it is very difficult to maintain good type of work, especially if you get a bad review or two,、um, or in depending on how you get ranked. Um, in people's individual systems, it can be a very, very pressing and stressful job. Often it cannot be the most、um, rewarding job when it comes to money either.、Um, I work with translators, I have translated, and it is very difficult.、Um, same with interpretation. People that do interpretation, specifically instantaneous translation, I did that for about a year and a half.、Um, my hat goes off to those people. It is a very, very difficult gig, and I understand why some people don't want to do it, or especially if they're doing it to their second language or from their second language. Either way, it's very difficult. However,、um, also for teaching, people that teach Japanese, hat goes off to them. They're fantastic. But those are not the only two professions when it comes to speaking Japanese. I have wonderful friends who have been on this podcast, people who do speed reading, as you listened to Toru yesterday.、Um, my friend、um, Andr-、uh, Parker Andrus, who is using his Japanese for his MBA,、uh, Sam Wilson, who we heard a couple of weeks ago talk about how he works as a、um, liaison speaking Japanese between the company. My friend,、um, the first interview we did here with Aaron James, how he does. He, he's worked on、uh, visual media as he also helped build a, po-、uh, a textbook. There's tons of different things that you can do with Japanese outside of just teaching and translating. That is not all that we have. The second misconception that I like to first clear up about Japanese is everyone who likes Japanese also may not like some parts of Japanese culture, manga and anime. I personally like manga and anime. I do. I'm not, I, not all of it. I mean, I have my own personal tastes, but. I personally do like it, but that doesn't mean that everyone likes it. I actually have a couple of friends who are not fond of 
anime, for, for example, they're not big fans. I even have a couple of random people who don't like Miyazaki, which is blows my mind because they're weird, but people are people. And I think it's as soon as we clear up the misconception that everybody who likes Japanese likes every bit of Japanese culture is silly. I'm an American. I don't like every bit of American culture. Heck, there's parts of American culture I really, really don't like. Um, my wife lived in Australia for a couple of years. She does not like some parts of Australian culture, but she loves Australia. She loves the people there. She's got dear lifelong friends who still live in Melbourne. I mean, <laughs> Melbourne. Sorry, as an American, I say Melbourne. <laughs> um, the next big conception I'd like to break apart for people that are interested in studying Japanese is, I guess not so much misconception as it is advice. If you're thinking about studying Japanese at university or in college, think about what you are going to do with that degree. At the heart of it, Japanese is a supplementary skill, meaning that using Japanese is basically related to, is a secondary skill. If I, for example, have management experience, but I also speak Japanese, that makes me extra useful, but it doesn't, but someone that has more management experience may have a edge on me. Japanese is a secondary skill. It helps boost your other skills. It gives you a wider range of use. However, it is often, unless you are going into those previously talked about fields, it is not your main skill. A lot of my friends who are doing work have used Japanese as a supplementary skill, whether it's just being able to read and write and help the company expand, or if it's being able to do marketing in that second language. Um, next week, we're going to hopefully have a gentleman named Bryce Skenke on the show, and he uses Japanese for his job as doing communications for a moving company. However, um, he doesn't just have that skill. It's good to, have, to be able to develop other skills alongside Japanese. One of my dear friends who I went to Japan with the first time, um, he is an engineer. He's a great engineer, and he, that's what he is first, but he also speaks Japanese, and that, op, that opens a lot more doors for him. The next myth I like to dispel about Japanese is that, uh, is that it's so very, very different from Western thinking. Now, indubitably, without question, there are some things in Japanese that, from a Western perspective, are completely and utterly confusing. There are some great books on this. Japanese Code Words is a fantastic wor work written by, um, uh, oh, what's his name? It's um, written by, yeah, uh, Demente. He's, he's fantastic. Reading um, different games by um, Haru Yamada goes into great detail about how there's some differences in cultures that make it extremely difficult to converse between cultures and people. However, they are still people. It is not that strange to study Japanese. People often ask me, oh, so you must really, really like, you know, sushi. That is not, Japanese is not just sushi. Japanese is not just manga. Japanese is understanding omotenashi and the kindness that people have and the sweetness and the quiet that exists in Japan and how you can walk through Nagoya Eki, the biggest floor plan uh, train station in the world, and hear a pin drop. And hear a pin drop. It's being able to go and talk with people and understand that you are not Nakayoshi until you're Nakayoshi. And being able to have these conversations with people for, that think differently than you do, that don't have a Judeo-Christian background. That being said, they're still people. They still have crushes, and they still... Um, 
think in a similar way, they still hate math and or sometimes hate writing papers or what have you. And I think sometimes we estrange how far these people are from us because we don't share the same cultural background and nail it down to the one thing they understand about the culture. Japanese culture is vibrant and wonderful and has some great, great parts of it that I think everybody would benefit from learning about. The last thing I'd like to jump into with Japanese as when, it, when people are learning and thinking about studying Japanese is make sure you have a plan with it. Often when I talk to people that are thinking about studying Japanese as their second or third language, they think it would just be fun to learn. Now, Japanese, as I talked about last Sunday, has a lot of benefits that you may not think about when studying Japanese. However, if you're just studying it for the sake of studying it, then you're not going to really learn it. You need to have a goal. If you're going to university and you want to be an interpreter, well, by golly, then become an interpreter, call some interpreters up, and become a fantastic interpreter. That being said, however, if you're just studying Japanese because you love Japanese culture and you can't think of anything else to do, then learn Japanese on your own time. You don't have to major for it for your degree. Find another skill and add that to your skill pool. If you are going to learn Japanese because you really like this girl, that's fine. Or if you really like this guy, that's fine. But don't rest your whole life on learning Japanese just because of this one person because heaven knows what will happen. Japanese is a great supplementary skill that will expand your horizons and your life. I guarantee it. But make sure you have a goal and a purpose in mind. And with that purpose, align yourself goals, bite-sized goals that you can accomplish it. If you just want to be able to go to Japan and check out Akihabara, then heck, do it. Get a plane ticket, learn some example sentences, go to the 30-day challenge on the Manga Sensei website, and rock it. However, if you just want to study Japanese for whatever reason and have no plan, you won't learn it. And that I can guarantee. Japanese is one of those languages that will get you if you don't really want to mean it. With that, folks, I will sign off. Remember... Through mistakes, you do become fluent. Therefore, let's make mistakes. Until next week. I will catch you. Actually, I'll catch you tomorrow. Until then, jane.